0: Welcome to the Reconnecting to Joy podcast, where we inspire you to embrace a new way of being by helping you reconnect to the joy within you and the world around you. I hope today's episode helps you remember the light you are. Let's get connected. Okay, well... I'm really excited because today we have Olivia Herzog here with us. I've followed Olivia on Instagram for years now and she's just such a light in all the things that she does, um, but I want to give you a chance, Olivia, to tell everyone a little bit about um, who you are, what you do. Cool,
1: yeah. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for the invitation. Um, man, I'm so many things, right? I, uh, my name's Olivia. I am into raw foods. I am a health and mindset coach. Um, and I'm a traveler. I'm a dreamer. I'm an adventurer. I'm a wife. I'm so many different things. But my, my primary passion is for sure um, drawing people into a fuller, deeper, more permanent experience of health which uh, has to has to do with mind, body, soul, and all of the pieces, right? Um, so that's my my little brief introduction.
0: Yes, Olivia really covers all things, all things on her, on her pages. And um, it's just really a breath of fresh air the way that you do it, Olivia, because you really, are so non-judgmental. And so, um, just loving when you talk about different issues, whether it's health issues or mental health issues. And I know, especially when people really care about them, it can be hard to be, to come across as loving as you do because they care so deeply about the issues, but you really have a way of, um, you know, just embracing everyone where they are on their journey.
1: Uh, I have a few tenants when it comes to, um, my experience around health. And again, that's, that's mental, emotional, physical, spiritual, all of it. Um, and they are freedom, joy, and ease, right? There's a lot of judgment. There's a lot of dogma. There's a lot of criticism. There's a, a lot of do it this way, or it's not good enough, or this all or nothing approach, that we see, um, in, in the health world. And I'm not about it. I don't think that it's fun. I don't think that it's even healthy. I don't think that it promotes, uh, feelings of joy or happiness or anything desirable, honestly. Um, and so I'm, I'm doing something different. I'm, I'm, I'm teaching something different. I'm creating a movement around something different. Um, Because yeah, if it's not fun, if it's not easy, if it's not joyful, if it doesn't make you have a greater feeling of freedom and peace in your body, mind and soul, then uh, I say none of us want that, right? Like it's not, it's not something desirable.
0: Yeah, I think it can really be overlooked how important it is like your mental state, even while you're eating. So like if you're really sad about the food that you're eating, that can affect how that food affects your body. And I recently actually just found out my human design. I don't know how many of the like little personality things that you do. Um, this one's just based on your birthday and it just tells you a few different things. And I found out I'm supposed to be eating like in calm environments only specifically. And I'm sure that's kind of relevant for everybody, but apparently especially relevant for me. And I've tried to start doing it And it's made such a huge difference. And I tried to watch a a, like scary movie yesterday while I was eating and I was like, wait, this doesn't feel right. So I can see um, the importance of, you know, having a good mindset around the food choices that you're making. Yeah, it's it's such a nuanced topic that
1: we could go on and on and on for a very long time. But yeah, I agree. I think that, you know, we could have whatever ideal idea of whatever the, is the, the perfect food or the perfect meal. But if you are bringing sadness, loneliness, stress, unease, uh, whatever negative emotion or experience to that situation, I, I have to question whether or not that is super healthy, right? So for instance, would it be healthier to stay home and eat a salad while all of your friends go out to socialize at a restaurant and you're sitting at home all sad and lonely, wishing you were with your friends, eating this perfectly healthy salad, right? Or would the healthier option perhaps be to go out with your friends, right? And to be happy and to be connected and to be uh, socializing and maybe to not be eating the most perfect meal, right? But But you're enjoying yourself. And so I think, I think, yeah, when we talk about health, we have to take into consideration so many different aspects of things and it's so much more than simply the things that we put in our mouth. Um so, yeah, it's it's a very nuanced conversation for sure.
0: So, I hear you talking about um you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be the most perfect foods and I feel like there is especially for me, like I personally I I try to eat very healthy but sometimes I'm not very excited about those healthy foods. And I would love to know how you got excited for those foods or if it ever was a struggle for you to get excited for those foods.
1: Oh my gosh. I mean, I have a long, long, long history of having a lot of issues with food. I had a very severe eating disorder for over a decade um, struggled a lot with food uh, as a symptom, right? Any struggle with food is a symptom of a deeper issue. And ultimately that deeper issue is a lack of self-love, a lack of connection to self, a lack of awareness. Um, and yeah, as I've as I've done this inner work, as I've my mind, as I've gotten to know myself on a much deeper level, um, I noticed that the food becomes easier and easier and easier and easier. Right. And so what most people do is we try is we try to change or fix our habits. Right. So like, oh, OK, I'm going to will myself to go to the gym five times a week or I'm going to force myself into eating this salad for lunch or eating this, drinking the smoothie for breakfast. Um, but they don't actually look at themselves. They don't put their eyes inward and and acknowledge why those things feel difficult or why they haven't been doing those things up until now. And it's really the, the backwards way of doing things. When you start with yourself, when you start by looking inward, when you start by acknowledging, you know, why, why are you binging on chips every single night? Right? Like what's that, what's the experience that's happening for you? Do you feel like, uh, you're lonely or you're overwhelmed or you're stressed. And and then we can break that down to, to something even more foundational, like the belief that you're not enough or you're not worthy or you're not loved. And then we can deal with that belief. And when you deal with those foundational fundamental beliefs um, and you heal them and you change them to things that are truer, like I am enough, I am worthy, I am loved, I am health. And when you do that and really become that and realize that, uh, the, the choices that you make just become naturally and effortlessly, uh, healthier and healthier and healthier. So yeah, it's all about doing this, this inner work, right. Starting with the self, starting with the beliefs, starting with the mindset and from there finding, um, so much more ease and freedom and and an organicness around the, the choices that we make being the ones we want to be making.
0: If people are listening and they know that they have these beliefs and they're ready to start addressing them, how would you suggest that they start that journey? Yeah, there's
1: a lot to be done, right? Um, I've read a lot of books. Um, I I do all of this work in a mentorship program that I've recently developed where I, I go through this stuff with people hand in hand, right? Shifting your inner beliefs, shifting what... Uh, you think about yourself in order to find that you're naturally making those choices that you ultimately want to be making stop resisting right yourself stop fighting yourself stop self-sabotaging um so so that's the most exciting work that that i do right now um and yeah it's it's just sitting with yourself more like i said uh, when you go to the pantry to grab that, Bag of chips that you eat every night before you do that. I'm not even saying it's wrong to do that. It's just probably a choice that most people don't feel proud of themselves for making, right? It's not a wrong choice. It's not a bad choice, but it's something that most people don't want to be doing every night compulsively. And so, um, you know, while you're on your way to, to grab those chips, it's, it's pausing and asking yourself, what am I experiencing right now? Like what, what is coming up for me? Like I, like I mentioned earlier, are you feeling stressed are you feeling overwhelmed? Are you feeling lonely? Are you feeling bored? What is going on? Right. Um, and just taking note of that and bringing awareness to that, right? Like I can notice for myself, um, I, I did this for myself. I continue to do this for myself when I find myself compulsively making choices that I don't want to make or not rather making choices. I do want to make, right? Like, why am I finding so much resistance to, uh, getting on my bike, right? Like what is going on for me? Why am I not? why am I not finding this easy to do? Right. And so sitting with that, and one of the things, uh, you know, this story of not being good enough, which I think we could ultimately boil every negative belief down to the belief that we're not good enough. Right. We all share this in one way or another. And so, uh, yeah, for me, it it was that, it was that belief, of course, because we all share that. And so, um, once I recognized that and I was able to reframe that and reheal that, acknowledge where I came from and tell myself a new story. Um, yeah, like I said, my choices and my habits and my behaviors just became more and more of what I wanted to experience. And so the place to start is looking at within, right? It's acknowledging what's going on. It's acknowledging what beliefs are coming up in those moments, especially when we find ourselves making choices we don't really want to be making.
0: Yeah, that's so powerful. I love the, when you said like just being aware and having that awareness, I feel like that's really powerful in all situations. Um, I am curious when you started your own journey of of healing and reconnecting to your joy. Yeah, um, so
1: it's, it's kind of hard to pinpoint it. I think it's been a gradual thing over time but what was really big for me was about seven or eight years ago. Um, I was in graduate school and I met a friend who was vegan, who was eating a plant-based diet. And I was really curious about that because like I said, for so many years, I had an eating disorder that, um, I was not able to find relief from. (laughs) I was really struggling with that a lot. Um, and it was time that I was, I was working on a lot of healing. And when I found out about a plant-based diet and ultimately a raw foods, a raw living, raw vegan diet, um, I just felt a greater sense of connection to self than I'd ever known beforehand. And that sent me on a trajectory of traveling the world, moving and living in raw vegan communities and, you know, like just completely immersing myself in these, these different experiences that, not only, you know, we're, we're profoundly not just about the food or the diet, but about getting to know myself more deeply. And so I think, yeah, it started for me, you know, a really powerful shift started about seven or eight years ago. And it's just been um, a process ever since of getting to know myself more deeply, right? and and getting to know um who I really am and what I really want. And as I continue to do that and I continue to pursue the things that bring me joy, I just experience more and more joy.
0: I love that. So I started following you actually, which probably won't surprise you from Jesse Itzler back when you were like a chef for him and Sarah for a little while. Um and it was kind of like this crazy thing that happens and uh now you do like retreats and everything and I would love to know how you're defining success for you right now.
1: Hmm it's a good question. Yeah success for me right now is pursuing whatever it is that feels like my highest excitement, whatever it is that I most want without fear, right? So for me, I think what success looks like in this very specific moment is I'm, I currently enrolled myself back into school. I'm in a business program right now, learning well, obviously, business, <laughs> um, so that I can continue to to grow and expand and and reach more people with with this message, with this health and transformation message that um, we've been talking about this whole time. Um, and so, yeah, success is is taking a leap of faith. It's pursuing whatever whatever feels most exciting, and that can look like literally anything for anybody. It could be playing video games every night. It could be taking up knitting. It could be moving across the country. There's, there's no right or wrong answer. I think it's just whatever it feels for you, uh, doing it, doing it without fear, doing it without having to even make sense of it, right? Like, Oh, how, how will playing video games every night, uh, get me to where I want to be, um, if I want to be, you know, a jujitsu coach, you know, it, they might seem like they make uh, no sense and they don't correlate, but if it is your highest excitement, uh, it's the thing to do. Right. And so success is always following our highest excitement, always, 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 even if it makes no sense whatsoever. And even if it's expensive, even if it's a huge commitment, even if it feels crazy and everyone around you thinks that it's the most wild idea ever. Um, that's success to me. It's doing it
0: anyway. That's so inspiring. I love the verbiage that you use, like the highest excitement. And I feel like that is a little more clarification, too, for at least people like me who have a million ideas all the time. And I'm sure you feel the same way. Um, and when you have all these ideas, it can be hard to like decide which one to do. But I love the idea of following your highest excitement because... You you just pick whichever one is the most exciting, I guess. And that's that's a good um path to follow. Yeah, I think it's I think it's important.
1: One of the things, speaking of my business program that I'm learning right now is is that very thing, right? A lot of us do have a lot of ideas and a lot of things we want to do, and we're not ultimately uh creating the most success. Um, creating a lot of ease in our lives by trying to do too many things, right? And so it's actually much better for ourselves and for the people that we're wanting to serve and for what we're trying to create in the world to just narrow in on one or maybe two things. And I'm not even sure it's so much about picking your highest excitement. I think our highest excitement picks us, right? I think, I think for all of us, there is something if we really pause and listen, this thing that I can't not do this thing that I couldn't imagine living my life, not doing right. And, and again, it could be many different things. There's lots of things I love to do. For instance, like you were saying, I was a private chef for a while for Jesse and Sarah and for a bunch of other people. And, um, just earlier this week, I decided that I was no longer going to do that. Like I was absolutely because someone had messaged me to ask if, um, I could, I could make some meals for them, if I could do that. And because um, I I have come to this point of recognizing that I'm not ultimately serving in the biggest way possible by trying to do so many different things, I decided that that was one of those things that I was not going to do, which felt hard. It felt sad because it's truly a passion of mine. It's truly something that I love to do. I love to feed people healthy food. I love when people are excited to eat healthy foods and I want to feed that excitement. Literally, right? No pun intended. Um, But but yeah like i said my my ultimate highest highest excitements are um my mentorship program and my private community which is an extension of that where where we're dealing with the self concept the identity and the mindset and how from shifting those things there's a natural outpouring of healthy choices and behaviors and habits that flow and that is my highest highest priority and excitement and so in order to that to the very best of my ability, um i i can't do other things right now. So, um, yeah, that's my two cents on that.
0: Yeah. Earlier you were talking about, you know, like if your highest excitement is playing video games, then you should be doing that. And I think I'm wondering how you can decipher between something if you're using something as a distraction or if this like is really truly bringing you more joy.
1: Mm -hmm. it goes back to, to looking within, right. It goes back to eyes inward. I think that we know, right. Like, I don't, I don't think it's, I don't think it's generally a confusing thing. If we truly sit with ourselves and we ask, right. Like I know when I'm um, on social media and I'm using it to create and it feels good and I'm contributing. And I know when I'm on social media and I'm using it to escape and to numb out and to just scroll mindlessly, right? Like we know, right? And so it's something like video games. Um, there's there's nothing in- inherently good or bad or right or wrong about them. Um, it's all in how we use them. And I think uh, we know, right? When you sit down to play a video game, uh, whether you're doing that uh, because it's your highest excitement and you and you know that and you believe that, or whether you're doing that to just distract yourself or to numb yourself or to escape uh, from actually doing the thing that you know you need to be doing, right? I don't think that it's actually a very confusing thing if we give ourselves even a little bit of honesty, a little bit of an opportunity to be honest. I think we know.
0: So we were talking about your traveling. Oh, oh I was going to ask um, if you could share a story with us of some belief that you had to overcome? Like maybe that was really powerful for you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's a good question. Which one should I choose? (laughs) Um, So yeah, I think, I think I'll go with the one we were just talking about earlier, this, this belief of not being good enough. So for me, I, my natural tendency is to be a perfectionist it's to need to do everything absolutely perfect according to my standards. Otherwise, it's not good enough. Um, and so it's, it's just in so many, so many different areas, this, this manifests itself um, in how I show up on social media, in how I serve my clients, in so many different things. Even with my recent uh, development of my new mentorship program, um, it was really, really difficult. Uh, to launch that program and to decide that I was finally going to do that because I had a deep belief, even after all these years of all of this inner work, that I wasn't good enough and I wasn't ready, right? Like I needed to accumulate more knowledge or more information or more experience. Um, And so uh, I had to fight that, right? Like I I had to process that, work through that, um, and, and be honest with myself and realize that if I was ultimately going to wait until there was a time when I was actually ready or I was actually good enough, I was actually qualified, I would probably be like on my deathbed, right? Like it would probably be the very, very end of my life until by my standards, I was I was good enough and I was ready. And so um, yeah, that's that's a big a big one most recently that has come up for me. Um, And again, after all of these years of doing the inner work, it's still, that belief still exists, right? Like it's, it's layers and layers and layers of uncovering it and healing it and reworking it and reframing it. Um, And when you think that you finally dug it all out and you work through it, there'll be another layer (laughs) of it that exists, right? Um, And that's just life. It's just this continual, it's just being continually available to doing the inner work so that we can continue to experience more joy, right? You want to experience more joy in your life, be more honest with yourself, do more inner work, look more closely at yourself, acknowledge what your subconscious or unconscious thought patterns are and bring them into the light and heal them and rework them and reframe them and, and, uh, play video games if they bring you joy, you know? Um, so yeah.
0: With all of the healing that you do and you said, you know, you think that you're done and you find something new (laughs) or maybe a little piece you left in there. Do you think that you'll ever, I guess you could call it reach enlightenment or like just be fully healed, whatever you want to call it, like within this lifetime? Um, I don't feel
1: concerned about that.
0: I don't feel
1: interested even in that. I feel interested in, um, just creating more and more joy in my life through doing more and more of the things that I love and getting to know myself on a deeper and deeper level. And if that, I guess, brings me to enlightenment, I guess that would be amazing, but if it doesn't, I also don't feel concerned. Um, I just want to, I just want to live the fullest experience possible for me, right? I just want to, I want to do the best that I can. That's, that's really just it. Right. So like, you know, with some people, you can look at it like in terms of finances, right? Like, I think there's more, more, more and more available for all of us. And we're all, you know, capable of achieving huge amounts of wealth and abundance. Right. Um, And some people that might look like having $10 billion and some people that might look like having $1 billion. And for some people that might look like having $10 million, Um, and I'm not so concerned with what that number is for me. What I am concerned with is getting to that number, whatever it is. Does that make sense? So it's like, you know, if $10 billion was enlightenment, um, and that's like the point to get to, I don't care if I never get to that point. I just need to get to my best point in this life. And if that means $10 million or a hundred million dollars or whatever it means, um, that's, that's what I'm pursuing. And so I'm not sure if that was the best analogy. I've never used that before, but that's kind of how I like to think of it, right? Like I'm not competing with anyone else. I'm not competing for enlightenment. I'm just competing for the best that I can do with the tools that I have and with the awareness that I have in this lifetime and wherever I ultimately end up. Um, all I want to know is that I, did the best that I could, right. That I gave it my all that I continue to do this inner work. And I continue to face my fears and I continue to step out, um, into, into new opportunities, into new experiences. And then I did that and I did that and did that. And wherever I end up, I'm going to be okay with, and I'm going to be more than okay with, I'm going to be proud for that destination, but it doesn't have to look like any specific destination for me. Um, because yeah, that's how I feel about that
0: that is amazing I really love that outlook on that um I feel I honestly like I'm at a point in my healing journey right now where I have been feeling like well when am I gonna feel fully healed healed will, will I ever and just focusing on being better it's probably a way better way to keep <laughs> keep going yeah I think, you know, starting
1: from a foundation of already being enough is so important, already being healthy. I always tell people that I work with, don't, don't tell me about how you're going to be healed or how you're going to be healthy because we create everything that we experience through our thoughts and then our words. And so if health is something in the future, then you're, it's something you're always going to be pursuing and never actually experiencing. And so the only words that I want to ever hear come out of people's mouths is, that they are healthy. I am healthy right here and right now. And from that foundation, you're able to create more, right? Like there's always more available, right? If you have $10, there's always $20, there's always more available. If you have um a really strong relationship with your partner, there's always the opportunity to have it be even stronger and more intimate and more connected. But don't ever start from the position of it not being okay right here and right now because we can't create positive change from a place of something being broken right and so um yeah
0: now you're at a place in your journey where you're really focusing on joy a lot and i feel like when we all start our healing journeys we go through all of these different phases um have you always felt like joy was the main purpose or was there a point in your journey when you realized oh like connecting to my joy is what brings me more healing.
1: Mm, yeah, I don't think I had an awareness. I don't, I don't know if joy was really part of my vocabulary <laughs> years ago. Um, it was more, it was more that I knew that more was always available. I knew that what I was experiencing was such a small uh snapshot of what was available for me in terms of my health or my relationships or any of my life experiences. And so I have just been on a constant journey of of wanting to experience more, and knowing that there was always better available. And um, I think over time I've come to realize that in my pursuit of more, if it wasn't feeling joyful, if it didn't feel good, then I didn't want it, right? Because we can always, we can be pursuing more in a like crazy sense of like, Oh, it's, it's never good enough. I'm never happy. I'm never content. I always need more more and more and more. Right. Like there's, that's an approach that we could take to it. Um, which doesn't feel good to me. You know, like I want to be right here right now in this moment, everything is good. Everything is perfect. I have everything that I need. My health is amazing. And, and I feel sincere joy and relief and peace and freedom around all of that. And yet, like I said, I still want more, right? Like I, I have become a, a cyclist. I've, I've hiked a ton of mountains. I've gotten really healthy and strong and fit. And yet I want to do more, right? Like, so I can bike 20 miles right now. Well, eventually I want to bike 60 miles. Um, so, so there's always more available, but in the sense of like, it brings me joy to know that it's already so good as it is. And I think we have to get to that point ultimately of being in joy of what we have right now in order to, um, in order to have joy when we get to the next level, right? Because if you can't have the joy and the love right here and right now, it's not going to be available for you when you start biking 60 miles, right? Like there is no magical point where, oh, if I could just heal my psoriasis, then I would feel joy or, oh, if I could just lose these 20 pounds, then I would feel joy, right? It's, it's like I was saying earlier, it's trying to fix from the external inward and you can only change from the inward outward. And so from a place of joy, you can create those positive changes, but you can't create ultimately positive changes from, from just trying to fix your external. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. I really love that actually, because I, I haven't heard that I mean, we we hear all the time, you can't, you know, heal yourself outwards, inwards, but I haven't, I've heard it with the weight loss analogy a lot, but I never heard it was something like psoriasis. And I think that that's so powerful because you feel, I think weight can feel like it's an external thing and something like a skin condition can feel like an internal thing. Um, and so the idea that you can fix this issue more by being happy now, instead of like, healing it from the outside first. I don't know, something just clicked for me. It was that, with that analogy. That was awesome.
1: Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Everything, weight, cancer, heart disease, psoriasis, uh, eczema, all of those things are external, you know, like we, I understand, you know, what you mean by it's starting internally, but it all is an expression. It's all an outward expression of something that's going on internally and i don't even mean internally like in your organs i mean internally like in your mind and your heart um, and so it's dealing with your mind and your heart your thoughts and your feelings that you can change any external experience yes
0: that's powerful so um, i really loved how you're talking about you know being happy now and then also being happy later and still going for more but being happy with what you have and I think what I was hearing is, you know, if you're going after things and you're not feeling happy right now because you don't have them, then, you know, maybe you need to sit where you are now for a minute with yourself until you get happy there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, we, we know this, like, I think we, we, we definitely know this. There's any number of people we could look at who have gotten what they wanted, whether that was the, the fancy car or the big house or whatever. And, and they're not happy, right? Like those things don't create happiness. And we know people who, you know, live in shoe boxes who are happy, right? They're happier than people who have all the possessions in the world or if in terms of health, right? There are, there's just the whole gamut of it. And so, yeah, it has to be that we learn, uh, self-love self-acceptance and joy in whatever circumstance. Um, and it's only in, and and all we have is the now, right? All we have is this moment. And so if we can't experience it right now, there's no, uh, there's no reason to believe we're going to experience it at any other point, right? Um, if we haven't learned, uh, how to, how to know it and how to experience it right here.
0: I feel, too, that um, in the self-help healing world, um, there's a term like toxic positivity being thrown around a lot right now. Um, And I know I personally struggle with um, being happy and chasing my joy and also being aware of the hard things that happen in the world. Mm-hmm. Um. And so I'm just wondering how you navigate that on your healing journey.
1: Yeah, that's a good question. And that's a, a big topic we could definitely, again, talk about for a long time. I think the way that I think about it is it's not it's it's not healthy to deny. Right. It's not healthy to suppress. It's not about denying an experience that we're having personally. It's not to deny an experience that we're seeing happening in the world. Um, but ultimately sometimes i believe often i believe it's important to not deny but focus on what you're wanting to create more of right so it's not to say um okay i'm feeling really uh sick and nauseous um but i'm just going to like deny that and and just like keep on working because i need to keep working even though you're going to like throw up everywhere <laughs> it's not about denying your experience but it's also about shifting your mindset from always focusing on the ways that you might feel sick or nauseous, right? So like, one of the things I often say to people is what distinguishes healthy people from not healthy people is that healthy people are focused on all the ways that they're healthy. Sick people are focused on all the ways that they're sick, right? And so we could, you know, I could sit here and I could and I could list ways where my health isn't perfect, right? Like I still have like some like little skin conditions, like some little rashes on my hand. Like there, those are, there, there are symptoms that I have of my health, not being perfect. Right. But I don't pay those much attention. Right. Like I don't live focused on the ways that like, oh, my health isn't yet perfect. I'm still sick. I'm still not healed. Right. Like that doesn't help me bring more of an experience of health into my life. I'm focused on all the ways that I'm extraordinarily healthy, right? And again, that's not to deny or suppress an experience. It's just to recognize, like I've been saying, that as within, so without, our thoughts create our reality. And so if your thoughts are focused constantly on all the ways that you're sick, or you're not perfect, or you're not where you want to be, or if your thoughts are constantly focused on all the tragedies going on in the world, right? then that's not ultimately contributing to, to more of all the good things that you want to be experiencing. We don't deny that things are happening, but I want to create more health, more joy, more love, more freedom, more peace in the world. And if I spend all of my time focused on all of the tragedies, then I can't create all of those things that I want, right? And so I choose what I, what I focus my mind on so that I'm actively creating more of those things in the world
0: okay yeah that's really helpful I think because I I'm sure everybody you know is is hurt by different things that happen in the world and I'm always struggling to find that balance between you know not letting it completely ruin my day um or life and then also you know being on my own path of healing while knowing other people are are struggling in different ways, so um, I think that that's really helpful. Focusing on what what you want to create instead of something you can't really control.
1: So. Yeah. I- I think, too, you know, this this whole globalization being connected to everyone all over the world all the time is a very unnatural way to be human in a big way. Right. Like we're meant to be in communities. We're meant to be in tribes. We're meant to be dealing with uh, the problems and the joys and the struggles and all of the experiences of a much smaller group of people. Right. Not billions of billions of people. And so it's not it's not healthy to like bleed out for every circumstance and every person all over the world, experiencing all of those things. it's not to say that we don't care. I do care deeply, but I just recognize that I, I just understand that the only way to ultimately affect change is to be in an energy and to be healthy and in joy and in love for myself, right? Because if I'm in fear, if I'm in turmoil, if I'm in distress, if I'm in all of those things, because I'm hurting for the people on the news or the people in the next city over, then let's be honest again, are we helping them? Are we helping ourselves? Are we raising the vibration and the energy of, of the world? Or are we, are we sinking down into fear? Right. And so uh, I actively, again, it's not that I don't care. I care deeply about people and about what people are uh, experiencing it, but it's because I care so deeply that I don't look at that stuff sometimes because I recognize it as it's, it's not helpful for them. It's not helpful for me to sit here and to look at someone experiencing something in Turkey. Um, and for me to just like be distraught over it, right? Like, who is that helping? I can't help my people. I can't help me. I can't help myself. I can't help my family. I can't help the people in Turkey by being distraught. Right, and so the best way for us to help anyone is to stay consciously, um, intentionally, in 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 uh, the creation of the things that we want. Right, and I don't think that's toxic positivity. I think that's recognizing the power of our minds in in creating our reality. And if we want to create a reality where more people are happy, healthy, safe, taken care of, then we need to be focused on that. Right. I can help more people when I focus on those things. And when I do more to help the people that are watching me, the people that I am interacting with, I can't help anyone. If I'm laying in bed, crying over all the terrible atrocities that are happening at any given moment. Right. And so it's just choosing intentionally to focus on the creation of more good things so that we all collectively are experiencing more good things in this world.
0: Yes. That is powerful, for sure. I know I personally am like, when I see those things, I want to take action on every single thing. But I feel like it goes back to, you know, we can only do so much like you were talking about earlier and just really focusing on that highest excitement um, and letting that ripple effect, you know, change the world that way. So I think that's really helpful. Um, I'm going to kind of circle back to something we were touching on earlier um, when we were talking about having all of these ideas and kind of just, you know, you let your highest excitement choose you. Um, Being someone who has a lot of ideas, what do you do with the ideas that you choose or that don't choose you to pursue at the moment? Do you keep track of them? Do you write them down? Or do you kind of just figure if it's meant to be, it'll. the idea will come back to you at a different time? Um,
1: yeah, I guess it depends. Sometimes I write things down, but ultimately I just stay focused on making the biggest impact possible, which is by focusing on, uh, you know, the one or two things that I'm able to grow and expand and, and, and bring more and more to life. And so for me, that's, you know, my community, that's my mentorship program Um, I'm just focused primarily on making those things the biggest, best, most valuable, most impactful things ever, ever, ever. Um, And trusting that, you know, eventually if there's something else that I need to do or something else that's serving in another way that I want to be, then I'll come back to that. Right. Um, But I'm not, you know, I'm not concerned with trying to do everything. I'm just concerned with trying to do the things that I'm most excited about and are making the biggest impact in the best way possible, right? Because I could do a lot of things kind of half-assed. I could do a lot of things like kind of okay. But if you look around at anyone who's super, super successful, I think of, you know, Jesse Itzler and Sarah Blakely. Sarah spent her whole life committed to the growth of Spanx, right? And she created a multi-billion dollar company, right? Like it was just this one single focus, which is so much more powerful than an entrepreneur having their hands in 10 different things and none of them really making a global impact, right? I'd rather make a global impact by doing one thing um, than a million other things and not having nearly the impact. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, it really does. Um, so that being said, I always love how you're very open to you know, whatever's coming on your journey, do you think that you would ever stop or pursue something else, um, other than like this raw vegan, um, and mindset mentorship?
1: Um, so maybe, yeah, maybe
0: if my highest excitement
1: pivoted to something else and it became very clear that it was time for something else, I would, I would definitely not shrink myself. But with that being said, I also know that, again, there's power in in consistently building something and building it over years and years and years and years. And so I wouldn't be quick to change what I'm doing unless, again, it felt overwhelmingly clear that it was time for a new direction. But um, I don't necessarily see that happening, I see myself being really committed and, and digging in deeper and deeper as the years go on, because what I've built, um, I've just been working on for, you know, just two years so far. And I feel like I've already, uh, created, a lot of, of impact and a lot of value and transformation in a lot of people. And so, you know, how much more could I, could I do if I doubled that time, right? In the next two years or in the next five years, in the next 10 years. And I don't want to lose all of that momentum by, by shifting over and doing something else. And so, again, it's not to say that I would stifle myself if it became overwhelmingly clear that it was, some, it was time to do something else, but I'm, I'm committed for the long haul, right? Like I'm committed to doing this thing and to building it and building it and building it. And it's not the easy choice because it, it can be very tempting to think, Oh, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm such a creative type. I want to go do this new thing, right? I want to start this new project. I want to uh, introduce this new thing. And I, I have done that over the last couple of years. And I ultimately have to be honest with myself and acknowledge that that's not ultimately help helping me get where I want to be or helping other people grow in the ways that I want to see, uh, us collectively growing. And so I'm really committed to sticking with these one or two things that I'm doing and doing them really, really well and expanding them and, uh, sticking to that.
0: Okay. I mean, I always hope that you're always going to do this because it helps me (laughs) a lot. (laughs) but, um, yeah, I just always love to hear whether, whether you would think, um, you could see it changing in the future or not, but your answer doesn't surprise me. (laughs) Uh, Cool. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I know that you're biking right now. Um, is there anything else that you're doing, um, just for the purpose of it, bringing you joy? Yeah. Um, funny you asked. Um, so
1: one of the things that does bring me joy a lot is, um, creating in the kitchen, um, because I have been a private chef and I, over the last year or so, um, of doing that so much for other people and just working so much in general, as I build my empire, um, I've, I've lost the joy of being in the kitchen in a big way. And, um, So I was telling my husband earlier today that I really look forward to doing less of that. Like I said, I'm not doing the private chef stuff. I'm not doing meal prepping stuff anymore. I'm really looking forward to doing less of that in a professional way so that I can reignite the joy of doing it in just a personal hobby, creative type of way. And So that's a big, a big thing for me that uh, I love to do. I love to create healthy food. I love to create recipes and share them with other people. and yeah, other than that, I definitely do a lot of biking, I read a lot, I'm in school again now, so that's consuming a lot of my time. Um, I'm a big hiker, a big pickleball player, um, all things outdoors, I love to be outdoors moving my body in a lot of ways, so yeah, that's how I spend my time.
0: Those all sound amazing, I love being outside as well. Yeah. Um, I am curious if you are willing to share if you know why you started losing that spark in the kitchen.
1: Yeah, I I definitely started losing it because um, it was it was I was doing it too much um, in a professional way. It was doing it too much. It became work, right? I think this is a pretty normal thing for. A lot of creatives or a lot of entrepreneurs is that they begin uh, often creating business around something that they they love, whether that's painting or making ceramics or making art or whatever. And when there's that additional pressure about having to perform, you know, having to create this thing because people are buying it or people are showing up for it. Um, it takes, it just takes away a lot of the fun from it, right? Like you just did this thing always because of the sheer joy and love of it. But when there's like all this pressure attached to it and all this need to do it, then it, it just ceases to become the fun thing that, that you wanted it to be. And so for me, I've realized that, uh, you know, I don't, I never have wanted to be like a professional chef. It's not my highest excitement by any means. Um, It's something that I've done and I've enjoyed for quite a few people. And it's given me some amazing experiences with some people. Um, But it's just definitely not the thing that I want to be doing all day, every day, being in the kitchen, making food. Uh, but I do love doing it when it just feels like more of a, like a, you know, like a relaxed hobby type of thing. That's when it feels really fun to me. And so I guess I just needed, uh, to go through that experience in order to realize that, that, you know, for me making food is a lot more fun when it's just fun, right. When it's not work. Um, and yeah, some things are fun. As work and some things are fun, just when they're fun and they're just when they're hobbies. And so that's what it was for me.
0: Okay. So if someone is listening and they are kind of experiencing that loss of joy in their work that they once had, would you say it's time for them to pivot or maybe just to look inwards so and see why they're feeling that way?
1: I would always say to look inward. That's definitely always my answer, right? There could be any number of reasons why, you know, you could be feeling a loss of joy in in the work that you're doing, not because you don't love the work that you're doing, but just because um, you're overwhelmed or you're overworked or you're overstressed. And maybe it's time to bring on a team member. Maybe it's time to hire out. Maybe it's time to do any number of things and it's not time to pivot. It's not time to give up. Um, I just would say to look inward and, and, to, and to be honest with yourself about what's going on. Are you sincerely tired and, and don't want to be doing this anymore? Or do you just need more support or you just need a vacation? Do you just need like a two week break, right? Like sometimes that's all we need is just to step away from it for a little while and to, and to just get some perspective and then we can come back with fresh eyes and fresh excitement. And so, um, yeah, th- it would be just to to look inward and see what it is that you're specifically needing.
0: Okay. I love that. Um, So um, I have a question that I always ask at the end, a question or, or two. So my question is how would you define joy? Hmm. I
1: feel tempted to look up, my perfectionist part of me feels tempted to look up a very specific clinical definition of joy, but how I would define it, um, I feel like joy to me feels something like peace. When I think of feeling joy, I feel of just feeling like a sense of peace and like relief. And the absence of stress, that feels joyful to me. That's probably not a very good broad definition, but that's how I experience joy for me when I just feel like I'm where I'm supposed to be and I don't feel burden. I don't feel, you know, pressure. I don't feel stress. It just feels good, it just feels peaceful. Um, to me, that feels like joy.
0: Okay. And then my last question um, is What's your highest message that you are trying to put out into the world? Mm,
1: That's a good question.
0: The thing I want most for
1: people is to be happy, is to be living lives that they want. And it's my deepest belief that when we get our health in line and in check, and we have a strong foundation with our health, again, not just physical, but mental, emotional, and spiritual. When we have a strong foundation there, we are better equipped to live out the best lives ever. I think a lot of people are held back by poor health. Again, not just physical, but mental and spiritual as well. And so many people... Um, are not living lives that they're enjoying, not living lives that they're excited about or or just feeling good about in general. Um, And so the work that I'm doing isn't just to uh, you know, have better health because it's just better to have better health. It's to improve our health and to know who we truly are in order to go live the most extraordinary lives possible. Because if all there is to life is working a job that you kind of like or m- maybe really dislike and you know just like watching tv on in the evenings and just like trying to escape your reality on the weekends and then doing it all over again on monday um and to me it doesn't really matter if i have diabetes or if i'm 50 pounds overweight because that's all life is but if life is meant to be this grand adventure with meeting the most amazing people and traveling and uh exploring and just doing whatever our hearts highest excitement is, then I want to feel good in order to experience all that. I don't want to be limited by my small-minded beliefs or by my body not working properly, right? And so that's that's my message, right, is to inspire people to really take the time to lay a strong foundation for their health in mind, in mindset, and in habits so that they can just live the best ever, ever, ever lives, whatever that means for them.
0: I'm getting chills. That was amazing. <laughs> well, thank you, Olivia, for coming on and talking with us today. Why don't you let everyone know where they can keep in touch with you, how they can work with you, everything you have going on? Cool. Yeah. So my,
1: my biggest presence is on Instagram. It's my preferred social media outlet. And my Instagram handle is simply my name. It is um, Olivia Herzog, which is O-L-I-B-I-A-H-E-R-T-Z-O-G on Instagram. And through Instagram, you can go to the link in my bio and you can find, you know, access to my private community, uh, access to my my website with my mentorship program. program. Um, I have eBooks, I have courses, I have all types of things. um, And you can find all of that through Instagram.
0: Perfect. All right. Definitely go give her a follow, you guys. You will not regret it. It's she has a great page and just a great presence. Um, I definitely want to thank you for for the work that you do. And um just want to let you know that you impact a lot of people. You've impacted me. And um, yeah, I hope you keep going. And and um, we're just really grateful to have had this conversation with you.
1: Cool. Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you so much for listening to the Reconnecting to Joy podcast today. I really hope it inspired you to embrace a more fun, focused way of being. Uh, If you know me, you know that I love just having fun 24-7. And it's something that I really want to share with other people. So if you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review and share this with all of your friends so that they can start reconnecting to their joy too.